Welcome to Cross Lane Community Church, where we are committed to bringing people to Jesus. We hope you enjoy this online message. I can't take any more kind of scenario. You've got your thing where you're being pushed to the edge, and you just don't know if you can handle any more. And you haven't really said it to anybody, and you haven't said it out loud, and you're almost afraid of what it means if you say it, but you, you just, you're, you're ready to just throw your hands up. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about something. Because possibly you're up against an obstacle that you think you cannot overcome. And you just think it's too much, and it's too hard, and, and I just can't get past it. Maybe it's a challenging schedule. Maybe it's a, 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 an issue of being overweight. Maybe it's a troubled marriage. Maybe there's some big thing at work that's going on and you don't know how you're going to steer clear of it or get around it. Whatever it is that you're facing, it just seems too big for you. With Christ, this is where we're going today. With Christ, you are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. Not you will be an overcomer. Positionally, in Christ, today, you are an overcomer. When you know who you are, you will know what to do. When you know who you are, you will know what to do. And in Christ, you are an overcomer. Romans chapter 8, verse 31, Paul asks a question. At the end of that verse 31, he says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, you've got to love that. I love I, my first church. We had a guy named Clyde Gray. Clyde was in some kind of farming accident. He only had half a hand. So when he shook your hand, it, man, it felt like his fingers wrapped around Clyde was so cool. But I don't know how many times in an elders meeting I heard Clyde Gray say, if you ain't for it, you're against it. If he ain't for us, he's against us. And I think of Clyde every time I see that verse. If God is for us, then who can be against us? If God is on your side, who's going to stop you? Verse 32, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Paul asks the question, he lists seven different obstacles that all of us probably at one time or another could, could maybe face. Maybe not quite the way the, the, the original readers of Paul's letter would, would interpret these, but I'm going to say that, that some of these could even crop up in your world today. There's seven different things he kind of outlines in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And even 2,000 years later, all of us in maybe one form or another see these. Shall trouble or hardship separate us from the love of Christ? I guarantee you that Many of you right now are facing some trouble and hardship. Some of them I know about because we're friends and you've told me and I'm, I'm aware of what's going on in your world and I know what some of your issues are. Some of you are going through stuff silently and I have no idea and that's fine. But I know that in this room this morning, we've all brought stuff in. We would say, well, that's trouble. That's a problem. That's a hardship for me. Maybe for you it's, you know, migraine headaches that just will not go away. Maybe it's a a marriage that you lay awake at night wondering how, how's this all going to fix itself or how's it going to end or what's going to happen. Maybe, maybe for you, it's, it's your kid got his 
tooth knocked out, permanent tooth playing dodgeball this week, and you're like, man, that's going to leave a mark. You know, that's not cool. How about persecution? How about some student somewhere that gets made fun of for their faith because they actually go to church and try to live out what they believe and the other kids know about it and they're constantly calling them names. Maybe it's a, a, a college girl who's decided to um, keep her virginity until she's married and the right people know that and are constantly giving it to her and telling her, you know, calling her names and making fun of her. Maybe it's an employee that goes to work every day and is told, stop talking about your church, stop talking about Jesus, stop talk, put your Bible away. Nobody wants to hear that. He goes on and he talks about famine and nakedness. And you might say, well, you know, I'm not really facing famine or nakedness. But in your world, those could represent other things. They could represent shortages. You get to the end of the month, there's just not enough money there. He talks about danger and the sword. Now, I don't think you're in danger for your faith in America. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find any place in America where you, you really could be in danger, your life could be in danger for being a Christian. I don't, I, maybe that's a, there's a place in, in America that I don't know about, but I think we're pretty safe in this country. Now, who knows 100 years from now what, what America looks like. It's highly possible that that 100 years from now, or maybe even in our kids' lifetimes, that, that whole thing could change. We sure hope not. But there's parts of the world, and you might one day travel to a part of the world where if they knew you believed in Jesus, over for you. Paul talks about danger and the sword. He asks the question, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword and then in verse 37 he answers this question he answers it emphatically no in all things and then you ask the question who are we because finish this for me when you know who you are you will know what to do so who are we in all things we are more than conquerors that's who we are we are more than conquerors through whom through him who loved us it's not in my power it's not in your power i'm not more than a conqueror in my own power i'm more than a conqueror because i'm in jesus it's a positional thing you are more than a conqueror if you know jesus you are more than an overcomer uh, we're going to get into that a little bit the little greek word that is translated conqueror uh, if you are even vaguely familiar with Greek, you might know this. And I know that like 80% of you are fluent in Greek. Am I right? You're all, you're all down with that. Well, I'm going to teach you something today. You might know this. You might not. The word that gets translated conqueror many times or victor or victory is a word that you've probably used in the last month, if not the last week. You know what word I'm talking about? You know that little swoosh on the side of your shoe? Nike? You know what the word Nike, you know where that word comes from? That's a Greek word. It comes from the Greek. The Greek pronunciation, I believe, is Nike. And the word means victor. Now that's not, as the verse I just read, that's not the word that is rendered in Greek in that particular verse. The word we get in the Greek for this particular verse is not Nike, it's Hooper Nikeo, which means more than a conqueror. means more than a vanquisher. It's like 
it's like a, a, a demolition crew. It's, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not some you know, little thing. It's a big thing. It's not just a victor. It's more than victory. You're more than a winner. It means to vanquish beyond recognition. Super or hooper nikeo. With Christ, you are hooper nikeo. Now, what that means is you're not going to eke out a little victory. Okay? You're, you're not Rocky Balboa. You remember when Rocky used to fight fights? I mean, Rocky basically went into the ring, an underdog. Generally, he was not the more technical fighter. He was kind of rough around the edges. He didn't, um, you know, he, he wasn't favored usually. I mean, Rocky, when he went in, he had to scratch and claw. And in Rocky's fights, for most of the fight, it looked like he was going to get beat, right? I mean, he's, you know, he's doing the whole Yo Adrian thing. He can hardly see. I mean, people are just treating him like a punching bag. And, and he would eke out a victory. It was close. It, was, it always left you on the edge of your seat. You're not Rocky Balboa. You're more like Mike Tyson. Remember Mike, Iron Mike? 30 seconds, out. I remember going to church camp. I was a counselor at church camp, and all, there was a fight that week, and we were all taking bets on how long would the fight go. Wasn't it whether it was going to win or not? We knew it was going to win. Is he going to make it past? Is this poor guy going to make it past the first round? Because it seemed like 45 seconds in, Iron Mike popped somebody, and he was out. I think they were faking. I just don't think I wanted anything to do with him. Just, I'm just going to lay down. I'm just going to pretend you hit me. I'm just going to lay down. That's you. You're Hooper Nikeo. You, you're more than a conqueror. You're more than an overcomer. I'm talking about the God kind of victory where he vanquishes the competition beyond all recognition. The Egyptians knew a little bit about what I'm talking about. They followed the Israelites. They were chasing them, trying to track them down after they'd left Egypt. They cross in through the Red Sea, and God comes in and just buries all the Egyptians. More than victory it was they were vanquished it was, it was a huge thing or maybe a guy like Gideon could testify for us this morning God God finds Gideon hiding refers to him as a mighty warrior hello mighty warrior now if you were hiding because you were afraid and you heard God speak to you and call you a mighty warrior would you go huh he said you are gonna I need you to go fight the Midianites Gideon said I've only got 32,000 men. And God said, you know what? You're, you're right. You're right. We need to do something about that because that's way too many. <laughs> so he pared down Gideon's 32,000 guys to 300 and said, now go fight. Grab your weapons, which were <laughs> horns and pitchers. That's what they took into battle, horns and pitchers. And what happened was the army that Gideon was going to go fight against turned on itself. They won a great victory that day because Gideon was a great fighting man? No, because Gideon did what God wanted him to do and because Gideon had faith that God was going to back him up. When you go into battle with 300 guys with horns and pitchers, you're pretty much saying, God, <laughs> it's all on you. That's Hooper Nikeo. That's being more than a conqueror. Now, I'm not saying that you're never going to have trouble. I'm not saying that you're, you're never going to have hardship. Things are going to be great for you. I, I can't stand it when preachers or anybody talks about coming to Jesus as if coming to Jesus is going to solve every problem you've ever had because that's just not true. 
In fact, sometimes when you come to Jesus, he'll mess your world up. Sometimes it gets worse a little bit before it starts to get better. So I'm not suggesting at all that you're never going to have trouble. In fact, Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus said, I'm just telling you. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Things aren't going to go smooth all the time. It's not going to go great for you all the time. You're going to encounter stuff. You're going to say, God, what's up? I don't get it. But he said, take heart. I've overcome the world. Through Christ, through the power of the risen Christ, you are an overcomer. You say, Brett, no, I'm I'm just an ordinary dude. No, you're not. You are a spirit-filled overcomer. If you know Jesus... That's what you are. According to Revelation 12, which talks about how end-time believers would overcome the evil forces of wickedness, it says this, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Two things, blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus shed his blood, and through the power of that shed blood, the Bible says your sins are forgiven. The Bible says that you are clean, that you belong to Jesus. The Bible says that you have access to the throne of God as the result of Jesus shedding his blood. The shed blood, by the blood of the Lamb, you are an overcomer. And you're an overcomer by the word of your testimony. And you hear that and you say, see, that's one, of those, that's one of those preacher phrases that I hear and nobody ever tells me what that means. And that's why I don't like going to church because I hear things like that and it just sounds weird. Let me tell you what that means. By the word of your testimony. All that means is, what's your story? What's your story? You're an overcomer based partly on the story you can tell people say well brett i need you to help me lead somebody to christ no you don't all you need to do to lead somebody to christ tell them what jesus has done in your life tell them your story what is the word of your testimony what story would you tell see it would sound like with david it was kind of like this david is this young boy he, he finds himself in this predicament where he's next to this king in this army that has some of his brothers in it and he looks across the way and there's this great big huge giant this giant is hurling insults at the army saying bad things about god and david hears it and he gets ticked off pretty much and he's kind of looking around like is nobody going to do anything about this and he says you know what i'm going to i'm going to go take i'm going to shut him up i'm going to go take care of him and Saul says, hold on, whippersnapper. I mean, that is, you, you know, you might want to rethink that. Um, you, you can't take him on. And David said, you don't understand. When I was out taking care of my sheep, and a lion came to approach the sheep to try and hurt the sheep over which I was responsible, God delivered that lion into my hands, and I killed that lion. Another time I was out, and a bear came up on my sheep, And God delivered that bear into my hands and I killed that bear. What he's doing is, that's the word of his testimony. He's saying, listen, I'm not afraid of this guy. I've already, God's already won battles for me. God's already proven his faithfulness to me. I'm an overcomer. I'm Hooper Nikeo. I can can handle him. 
See, what, what everybody else saw as something too big to overcome, David saw as something too big to miss. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to grab me some rocks, and I'm, I'm going after him. And with one stone, he took down the giant. You are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. And this isn't something where you say, you know, once I get my life together, then that's what I'll be. No, that's if you're a Christian, that's what you are right now. It's not like, you know, you've got to wait on your superpowers to show up or something. You are in Christ, and by virtue of being in Christ, you are Hooper Nikeo, more than a conqueror. When you know who you are, you will know what to do. You're an overcomer. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of my testimony. Now, for those of you who are Christians, let me encourage you. There's two ways that you're going to fight this fight that you're in. You're first of all going to fight it with a conquering attitude. Too many people live their lives with this faithless, wimpy, whiny attitude that just says, you know, I just can't, I can't overcome it. It's just more than me. Let me tell you something. Faith-filled attitudes lead to faith-filled actions. Godly beliefs lead to godly behavior. When you, the battle starts in the mind. You know, people that walk around, well, you know, everybody else gets the breaks. I don't ever get any breaks. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll go eat worms. I'll never get married. I'll never be able to lose this weight. I'm never going to get over this addiction. I'm never going to be able to forgive that person. That's victim talk. That's not an overcomer. That's not an overcomer's attitude. That is victim talk. And listen to me very carefully. If you're in Jesus, you are not a victim. You are a victor. You hear that? You're a victor. Hooper Nikeo, you are more than a conqueror. And you don't take the attitude towards something, well, I just can't, I just can't beat it. I can't beat it. No, you by yourself, you can't beat it. But you're not by yourself. You're an overcomer. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, here's what you do when these negative thoughts hit you. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive, I love this, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Whenever my mind says, I just can't do it, you say, no, no, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You hear people once in a while and they say things like, you know what, and if I was God, this would so tick me off. Every now and then, you, you hear people and, and they get to the end of something and they say, well, we've tried everything else. I guess all we can do is pray. How do you think that makes God feel when he hears us say that, like that? Well, you know, the doctors have told us there's nothing else and, you know, we've tried everything and all we can do is pray. Somewhere in heaven, I think God says, thank you very much for the vote of confidence in me. I'm really motivated to get behind you right now and really help things out with that kind of faith. I just, it's amazing. 
We make it sound like it's a last resort. And we tell the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who is all-powerful and all-knowing and all-present, we basically say, well, I guess we'll try you. Instead of saying, you know what's left? You know what we really haven't tried that we probably should have done first? We can pray. We can pray. Because God cares and he loves me and I'm more than a conqueror. And I will not live my life as some defeated person who says, this is all there is and this is how it has to be. Now again, does that mean that every problem you've got is going to go away? No. But how you approach the problem says volumes about your faith. Take every thought not consistent with God's word and make it obedient to Christ. So because I'm an overcomer, I'm not going to let what anybody said about me or what anybody thinks about me or what somebody did to me stop me from being what God has called me to be and having the attitude God calls me to have. Not, not in my own strength. This is not about me. It's about what God's doing in us. By the blood of the Lamb and by the words of my testimony. Now, some of you, I can, I'm going to just anticipate where you are right now. You're hearing me say this, and what you're thinking in your mind is something similar to this. Okay, pastor boy. That's, that's all sounds good for you, but you're a pastor, and you don't have the problems that I have. You're right. You're right. Because when I became a pastor, it all changed for me. When I became a pastor, I glow in the dark now. <laughs> and, and when I pull up to, when I pull up in the, I, I used traffic lights in the first service, and a guy walked out and said, you used the wrong thing, you should talk about trains. So he's right. When I pull up and the trains are stopped on the tracks like they are so wont to do in Terre Haute, they just vanish when I pull up. It's amazing. Because I don't have problems. And my kids totally respect me refer to me as as sir oh great one all i want to do father is be obedient to your word that's how my kids talk to me now hopefully you know i'm kidding i get this my life is not perfect my life is not void of any problems my life is not is not does not have an absence of hardship in it my life is just like your life i go through the same stuff you go through when I talk like this, I'm talking to me every bit as much as I'm talking to you. I need this as much as you need this. We need to know I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. That's what we need to know. David said it like this in Psalm 18. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. Basically saying there's no wall so big that my God can't help me scale it. You are not a victim. With Christ, you are an overcomer. So the first thing you're going to do with this, this, that you need to know in battle is you need to have the right attitude. The second thing is this. You need to know we fight with supernatural weapons. You're not just fighting with regular stuff. 2 Corinthians 10. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power just like that thunder right there divine power now divine power let me explain that to you 
You know what that Greek word is? This is going to be interesting for you. You're, you're going to use these tomorrow and work. You make people think you're really smart. Do you know Nike means victory? I'm a, let, me, let me break that down into Greek for you. Here's another Greek word for you. Power, that word power right there. In Greek, the word is dunamis. Dunamis. You know what word we use in English from which we get? The, where, what am I trying to say? The word we use comes from this word right here. Dynamite. That's where we get the word dynamite. Our weapons are the explosive power of God. They have divine power, the Bible says, to demolish strongholds. If you're a Christian, you need to know who you are and what you have. You fight with supernatural weapons. Ephesians 6 tells us that there's certain things that we put on, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, shield of faith, which is a defensive weapon on one hand, sword in the other, which is an offensive weapon. You have a defensive and offensive weapon in your hands. Feet that make you ready with the gospel of peace. How many of you in the room, now, the first, first service failed this test, okay? Let's see how you did. They were a little asleep on me. Princess Bride, how many of you have seen the Princess Bride? Oh, man, people's eyes are lighting up. It's like, is there a preacher talking right now? Princess Bride. If you've seen the Princess Bride, you either loved it or you hated it. If you hated it, you have no idea where I'm going. If you loved it, you might know where I'm going right now. In the Princess Bride, there's this guy. He's trying to avenge the death of his father. And so he, he comes up on these people. He's constantly looking for the guy that killed his dad. And every time he comes upon somebody that he thinks has killed his dad, he gets ready to engage him in a sword fight. But before he does, he gives him a speech. And at the very end of the speech, he says this. Who can say it with me? My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. I just love that. It's awesome. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. That's you. You come up on your problem and you basically say, you are going down. You're not taking me down with you. I don't lose this fight. I'm more than an overcomer. I am Hooper Nikeo. I am victorious. I, I will, with Christ, I will vanquish what it is that is in my way. I'm not going to live a defeated life. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You vanquish the enemy. You fight with spiritual weapons. Some of you in this room today are calling your situation over. And you're saying, you know what, it's just over. And I'm telling you, it's time to fight. And you fight with supernatural weapons. Don't just fight like a man. Fight like a man of God. Get on your knees and say, I believe God can. I believe God can. Hooper Nikeo, more than a conqueror. 2 Corinthians 4 says this, but we have this treasure, which is Christ, in jars of clay, which is us, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. I think of Kyle, every time I hear this, this he quotes this all the time. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. You can overcome your unforgiveness, 
You can overcome your weight problem. You can overcome addiction. You can overcome betrayal. You can overcome your marriage problem. You can overcome your dead-end job. You can overcome your debt. By the power of the cross, by the power of Christ in you, by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of your testimony. I leave you with this. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. I don't know what problem you brought into this room this morning. I don't know what your struggles are, and I don't know what you're trying to overcome. You need to know this this morning. You need to know you are Hooper Nikeo. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Are all your problems going to go away? No. But you will take an approach this week that says, I am Hooper Nikeo. I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. And I am in Jesus and he loves me. And by the blood shed for me and by the word of my testimony, things will be different in my life. Let's pray together. Father, you only you know really what problems and troubles and difficulties have been dragged into this room this morning. Only you know, as I've been talking this morning, the things that have been making themselves um, front and center in the, in the lives of the people in this room. Some of them are probably things so scary that I can't even imagine. Father, my prayer is real simple. Help us to not be victims, but to be victors. To trust you more than we trust ourselves, to, to know that we don't do this in our own power, but we have you with us. Don't let us just fight like men and women, but let us fight like men and women of God. With the right attitude, with the right weaponry, totally dependent on you. We are Hooper Nikeo. We know who we are. Help us to know what to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.